and welcome to episode 20 of Rico's Cafe, deep tech and down-tempo beats brought to you by me, DJ Inc. To celebrate the 20th episode, I've got a very special guest and a great show lined up for you. Uh, this episode, I welcome a longtime friend and founding member of the Warmark DJ crew, DJ and producer Rob Dowell. Rob is a Florida native who I met through online forums back in the day, but uh, we hung out for many years while he was in Atlanta and he has recently uh, relocated to Denver. Rob has been on my short list of potential guests since I started this podcast and I finally got him on here. If you know Rob, you know he's not much of a talker, so I think one of the delays of getting Rob on was getting him to agree to an interview. The other was probably the fact that Rob is a bit of a perfectionist, and while I thought maybe he was just blowing me off, little did I know that he may have just been biding his time while he was working on the perfect contribution on his own timeline. I actually got to hang out with Rob recently while in Denver, so that was fun to catch up and and get to play some tunes together in a house party type setting again. Anyways, let's jump in and and get things going. Rob, welcome to Rico's Cafe Podcast. How are you, man? Hey, Ryan. I'm doing well. Good to finally be on the Rico Suave Show. It's great to finally have you on. Um, I've hit a streak here, and my last two guests have actually been part of the Warmark crew, so I've mentioned the Warmark crew here a good bit and more of an abstract sense, but now I have one of the founding members on. So why don't you tell everybody who and what Warmart is all about. How did it start and how has it evolved? Yes, I moved up to Atlanta in the fall of 2002. And prior to that, when I was still in Gainesville, I was on a couple of message boards and um, I think you were on them as well. I was befriending a few people from Atlanta and a few of them came down to Gainesville for shows at Simon's. So real friendships were beginning to develop and Trey Smith was one of them. And so when I moved to Atlanta, one of the first things I did was jump into a car with Wes McGee and his girlfriend at the time, Denise. And we went down and spent the weekend with Trey and Earth Dooley. Looking back, I think a lot of it has to do with our personalities because we were all into really deep music. And at the time, Sasha and Digweed had just finished their Delta Heavy tour, and we were all sitting around that weekend and listening to some of the recordings that were beginning to surface, and what caught our attention was the, the warm-up DJs. I had already been to Twilo and witnessed Jimmy Van M opening for those two, and being from Florida, listening to the likes of DJ3 and Sean Cusick, Chris Fortier, hearing them do it so properly and having the opportunity to hear them do it often, I felt like a lot of that was already in my blood. And so when the four of us got together and really thought about it, we were all like, let's do that. And I think Trey was ahead of it all and was already noodling on the idea and came up with the name Walmart which simply put is the art of the warm-up. I think over the last 10 years, we've seen electronic music as a whole kind of pitch itself down and is generally more deeper. But at the time, that perspective uh, was not as widely as accepted. It felt like every DJ wanted to be the man, and we just really wanted to be the man before the man. So then we took that concept over to Sam at Proton Radio, and seemingly overnight, we had a weekly show, which was airing every Wednesday. And it was from there that we began to reach out to other DJs and challenge them to dig into their collection and record a mix for us that wasn't necessarily a club promo. And at the time, Chloe Harris was doing a similar show called B-Sides, and that really helped us get going. Soon enough, the show was getting more and more popular, and we were getting guest mixes from all over, including Justin Slow and Bill Patrick. And we kept that going until 2017, which at that point made it 15 years since the first show. And I am uh, just really proud of that run. Wow, yeah. It all makes so much sense. There's so much we could get into around being on the early cusp of internet radio and streaming side of music. 
And wow, of all the folks you've mentioned, Chloe, Justin, Bill Patrick, Trey, Earth, Wes, all have gone on to do some amazing things. Uh, Justin, Bill, and Chloe have gone on to further their music careers, uh, particularly Bill, who went on to do the Robots Parties and radio show out of New York, and now is a regular uh, at the Ibiza Parties with uh, Teeny and Friends, and Obviously, Justin teamed up with some of the folks in L.A. to form the Culprits label and their Droog parties and uh, Collective has toured the globe. Uh, Obviously, Earth had a long run of releases uh, on labels like Low Pressing and Trey became a wildly successful Silicon Valley software guy. And oh, yeah, and Wes is a professor at Michigan University. So kind of crazy how things turn out. But I think uh, a lot of talent within that crew. I love and respect all you guys, and there are so many great personalities and talents within those folks that it really makes a special group of folks. As I've mentioned on here, even though I've never been a named member, um, I have a long intertwined history with Warmart as well. In the early 2000s, I started doing my tempo parties, which I started with Chris Sheehy, who obviously has been on the show twice now. And the Atlanta scenes always seem to be about small crews and collectives doing their own things. But at the height of it all, we were all supporting one another and and it was very kind of cross-pollinated. Anyways, I'm not sure which one came first, but there are two specific instances where Walmart and Tempo intersected. And for those reasons, I'm gratefully indebted to you guys. One was our monthly night at Lava, and the other is actually our Tempo on Proton radio show. I'm not sure if you remember this, but in both cases, I believe we, being Tempo, got our opportunities because of you guys. Basically, in both instances, I think you had weekly slots, and after a short period of time, even though you guys had a deep crew with a lot of strength on the bench, so to speak, um, I think you realized that you might have bitten off more than you could choose, so you offered us a piece of the pie. So we stepped in, and and Chris and I filled the slots, and of course, over the years, there's been a lot of cross-pollination. Hell, I just played a gig recently with Justin Brady and Queso. Um, I was actually supposed to play with Brett Soul last week. But um, due to the coronavirus outbreak and all of the craziness in the world, uh, we actually chose to cancel that and and crushed us. But I'm sure there'll be another opportunity. And anyways, I think this is how this all started. So I don't know. Hopefully you guys think of me as an honorary inductee or hell, maybe I'm just a flat out a part of it now. I'm not sure if there's an official vote that needs to take place, but I'll start campaigning for full membership. Yeah, well, I mean, there's no official vote, but I absolutely consider you um, an unofficial official member as of the last few years. The warm partners, as I like to call them, have come and gone uh, for different reasons, many of which are just kind of simply geographical. Um, The first four, as mentioned earlier, eventually became version two that included Mark Lippert and Justin Brady, who you've just recently had on your show, along with Brett Saul, Christian Thomas, Chris Meadows, and Tony Parker. And Wes was still being a regular contributor at that time too. So you've been at this as long as I have, which is a couple of decades at least. Uh, What have been some of your favorite milestones of your career over the years? Yeah, I've been very fortunate and happened upon some great situations while I've been doing this. Um, But to answer your question, finally getting to open for Danny Howells goes to the top of the list. Uh, That was in December of 2015. And with the year coming to an end, I heavily considered walking off into the sunset at that point. And I kept thinking to myself, like, what gig would be better 
better than that. But really, when I stop and think about it, it's really more about the friendships that have been created through those gigs. Um, like, I can't tell you who played what track, at which venue, at which particular time, but what I can remember is the people involved. And there's two guys that really impacted me early on, on a personal level, and that's DJ3 and Phil K. There have been instances with each of them, and also later on, Danny Howells, after the gig I played with them, where they genuinely remembered me from a previous encounter, and that just meant the world to me. And I'll never forget how that made me feel, and it's something that's always stuck with me. They are all tremendous talents, but as much as I've learned from them on a technical level, I've learned more on how to care for your audience and just to be authentic. What do you still want to accomplish with music? Yeah, right now it's just to get better in the studio. Um, I've gotten everything and more from the DJ side of things, but as I get older and move away from the clubs, I know there are still ideas um, that I have that I want to get done, and that can only be accomplished by making my own music. Uh, I still love to get out there once in a while, and Denver has been very welcoming to me since moving here nearly two years ago, but uh, I'm pretty content these days. You also have a reputation around your 80s and flashback sets. Uh, who are some of your early non-dance influences? I listen to a ton of ambient music, especially while working. Um, and some of it is by electronic artists. Some might be from a band, like a post rock or alternative. Uh, but outside of that, it's a pretty healthy mix of each. I really only listen to a mix when I go for a run or maybe a road trip. Otherwise, I'm just shopping for tracks. I try not to be too persuaded by what others are doing so I can focus on what speaks to me. And that varies a lot. I'm definitely influenced a lot by the seasons. And so during spring and summer, it's more housey and in the fall and winter I go for more ambient and techno and uh, if you look back at my catalog I think that's pretty clear to see. So when it comes to dance music who are you listening to or what artists or DJs inspired you to push yourself? It's always been the locals that push me. Going back to my Florida days with the Simons residence, and especially in Atlanta and now here in Denver, I've been fortunate to be surrounded by a ton of talent in all my stops along the way. And I think playing regularly with bona fide artists, both globally and locally, especially my, my warm partners, uh, it pushes you to be better. I've never struggled pushing myself musically because there's so much talent around that if you don't, you'll be kind of forgotten about. And you can absolutely have a healthy fear of that. And that definitely continues to drive me to this day. So let's talk about your production and releases a bit. Um, what's out? What's coming out? I got into producing a long time ago, and it's been one of those things I just can't seem to find enough time for. So the catalog isn't as full as I'd like it to be. Uh, especially when I have a gig coming up, all of the music time that I have is spent prepping just for that. So it takes some getting away from playing out to have dedicated time to work on tracks. And when I moved to Denver, that was a really big attraction. Uh, kind of getting to start over in a new city and not having the weekly obligations of either playing or supporting other people's parties. With that, I had an album and a couple of releases that I finished up as soon as I got here. And the more I thought about what to do with them and the emergence of the Bandcamp platform, it became clear to me that I should self-release this material under the Warm Art brand. So I whipped up a new logo. I got memberships to both Bandcamp as well as DistroKid, which is a service that publishes your music to Apple Music and Spotify and Amazon and all those things. And so I really enjoy the do-it-yourself nature of this process and moving forward when I'm ready to put something out, I have full control over the artwork, release date, and all that can happen as quickly as I can put it together. And I'm finding it very satisfying by doing it all myself, understanding that I don't get the exposure that I would by being backed by an established label. Do you ever play your own tracks or remixes? 
No, I really don't to be honest. The majority of the songs I make aren't necessarily for clubs or even for mixes. And I think that I've used two throughout all of my years of making mixes so far. Um, I definitely play them at home to test them, especially when the masters come back, just to see how they fit with other songs and to make sure they're on the right level and there's no distinguishable drop off. Well, you know, I've been a longtime supporter and of course I've enjoyed and appreciated the early access to your work over the years. Uh, I always try to fit it in where I can and you know sometimes uh, I know that's tough for you because you feel like it's not ready for prime time yet but I've always appreciated it so okay so tell us about this mix you put together how did it come together and how did you record it yeah so I remember when you started this podcast and laid out the concept that was loosely based on Terry Brown Jr's Terry's Cafe and that was all you had to say to me <laughs> uh, it wasn't hard for me to think back uh, to the times when I was literally playing Terry's music in a cafe, which was Mid-City Cafe, of course. There was a time where Wes and I were playing every other week because Denise was one of the first employees and convinced them that we could pull off appropriate music. By the time they had moved away, we had established that and I kept it going. This mix is something I've always wanted to do for a long time and that is basically a time capsule of my favorites from those years. When I put together the track list after finishing, it looks like the majority of those years were around 2008, which is crazy to think about how long ago that was well i have to say i think it's an instant classic um it's hard to do sort of a greatest hits classics type mix without feeling overly nostalgic or cheesy and yet you've managed to do it and even make it feel fresh i think you used a couple of my favorite tracks in there and there's some great surprises in there as well honestly there's a few tracks that i've never even heard so what are some of the standout tracks for you well because this is essentially a personal classics mix they all stand out for different reasons. One that I would like to highlight though is Stronger Man by Ben Watt if for no other reason than the timing of me choosing that for this as you were going through what you did with your dad and his recent passing. There was no doubt that I was going to use this song before I learned of that news and that next time when I played it knowing this was going to be for you it was really heavy and I don't want that to go unnoticed as people listen to this. Wow, uh, I'm kind of speechless. Um, first, it's a shining example of all that house music is, and, and I appreciate the honor and consideration. Um, I haven't spoken about it on here, uh, haven't really processed my feelings about it all yet, but yes, my father passed away a few weeks ago, and you were actually one of the first people I really expressed myself uh, with and, and spent time with just a few days after his passing. And, that sort of loss is something that manifests itself differently in different people, but I think that you know me and you know my music, you'll see it come through in some way. And what I'm selecting, what I'm putting together, if I can get around to uh, putting any of it out. Okay, well, again, thanks for playing. Thanks for coming on the show and doing the interview portion and playing along. Um, any last words or shout outs? Yeah, just a big thanks to any and all of you that have tuned in to anything I've put out over the years. The feedback and interaction is great motivation to try new things and keep it going this far into it. And I just really appreciate it. And of course to you, Ryan, thanks again for having me on. Okay, well, it's a fantastic mix. And normally when I do this, I, I try to pair a, a mix that goes with my guest. 
here I kind of chose to let your mix shine. I, I really think it's great. So rather than do a 4-4 mix that really kind of competed with that, I went the other direction because I made a commitment earlier in the year that I was going to try to expand the horizons on this show and, and do stuff a little bit differently. So I've done a completely like left field electro breaks type of situation and hopefully it's a good warm up. So those who are listening, please stick around. Rob's got a fantastic mix in hour two. Let's jump into it. I am DJ Inc. and you're listening to Rico's Cafe, episode 20, featuring Warmart's Rob Dowell. Enjoy. Oh. 
Okay, folks, I hope you enjoyed that mix. Uh, up next on Rico's Cafe is an exclusive mix from Walmart's Rob Dowell. Enjoy.
between millions of miles to be here with you tonight. And we're going to bring a man up to the microphone right now that goes by the name of... Uh,